Wait, that wasn't a solid clap. It was oh. a big oh. clap. I'm trying to get a spike. I'm yeah, trying to get a spike. spike. Okay. Fuck it. Spike. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> Three, two. Easy like Sunday morning. Ah, I don't need Cam. How y'all doing today? What's up? What's, what's up? happening? What's, up? what's, what's going happening? On? Yes. Light skinned soul here at Under Construction. Panthers won today. Easy like Sunday. It wasn't easy like Sunday it morning. Easy. No, it wasn't that, was that not, easy. was not easy like Sunday morning, but uh, we won ugly, but we got it done. The F1 so, fifties are still revving. That's still, right. They're still, still revving. revving. They ain't as loud as it was last <laughs> week, though. They, they revving. So, uh, shouts to our brother Rodney. He's just taking a short break this week because uh, he was in the city of brotherly love. Yeah. Uh, for we're, we're glad you survived. Somehow. Because yeah. uh, you know how them Eagles fans get when they win. Oh, right. man. Oh, man. So, uh, so, today I'm joined with uh, my man Vince. We got Jamal the Angry Black Fan. And uh, let's just get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure. uh, the Carolina Panthers eked out uh, a uh, 16-10 win <laughs> over the Houston Texans, a game they were not favored to win. Um, they did it behind the strength of the defense. Six sacks from the defensive line today. One sack fumble, a big one by uh, Vernon Butler and, yeah. and Eric Reed. Uh, despite three lost sack fumbles lost. by on the road. by Mr. NASCAR himself, Kyle <laughs> Allen. But somehow he pulled out the win. So, your thoughts? Who wants to go first? Um, first thought, offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships. Absolutely. That is that is what I got today. Uh, leading up into this week, a lot of people was asking me what I thought about the game. And I said, Carolina will either win in a close one or they will get blown out in the loss. And that's exactly what we saw today. And the biggest thing, one of the biggest things I took away from this game was that Kyle Allen essentially won this game the exact same way Cam Newton has been winning for the last eight years in Carolina. And I... Watching some of the comment threads, watching some of the game threads on all of the sites, it's just interesting watching the, the commentary go from Cam Newton has been very ineffective and he, and he sits in the pocket too long to now all of a sudden we have a bad offensive line. And that is just, <laughs> that is just really baffling me right now, you know. So all in all, uh, after four games, I had this team at 2-2. Two and two. So, I know we were supposed to beat Tampa Bay. I don't think I had us beating Houston today. I think I had us losing, winning, winning, and then losing today. But we're 2-2. Two and two. We're trending in the right direction. So, all in all, hey, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, this looked like the 2008-ish Carolina Panthers. Winning mm-hmm. ugly. Winning ugly on a roll. Gutting wins out. It was not pretty at all, but a W is a W. Um, this Kyle Allen losing fumbles cannot be a thing going forward. Uh, it absolutely cannot be a thing going forward. Uh, we mentioned this off camera. Uh, Kyle Allen needs to take his defense to like the most expensive steakhouse <laughs> and buy them all dinner today. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love what I saw from Shaq Thompson today. Yeah, man. Shaq Thompson was all over the place. It is worth noting we were without Dante Jackson. We were without Trey Turner. Uh, I can't even remember all the people who are who are out today. There were a K-1 lot of K one shorts out, and there were a lot of injuries that were on the field today. This is a big time gutsy win. I I actually love wins like that. I like the ugly wins. You get what I'm saying? Shows what your team is made of. It, it, it shows some big time character, man. And um and, and 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 Kyle Allen, you know the turnovers. We again, we don't want them to be a problem. But we also got to give him props for gut not to gut not to win as well. Especially that last play where JJ Watt had him. I, I mean, man, he had him done. I mean, it, he he had him right in it, right where he wanted him. And he pulled out this amazing throw that kind of iced the game, man. So, uh, we, even though we're, we're hard on him about the turnovers, which we should be, we also need to yeah. give him props four, too. So. Four lost fumbles in two games. That's that's, that's a not pretty, a good average. That's a bad precedent. That's so not a good average, man. Hopefully, he tightens that up. Hopefully, he gets his pocket presence, so, um, his awareness up, and uh, he'll be better going forward. 
Uh, speaking to the defense, with all of those injuries that we had today um, going into the game, for them to walk into Houston and hold Houston to less than 300 yards overall, that's saying a whole lot. Yeah. That's saying a lot about the defense. Right also, now. they've played two mobile quarterbacks you know, right. in back-to-back weeks. Right. And what they've done, uh, last week, Kyler Murray set the NFL record for the least amount of yards for a quarterback with 30 pass attempts or I'm sorry, 30 pass completions or more. And we saw that same thing this week, a dynamic mobile quarterback like Deshaun Watson, the deep, they weren't giving him much. He had to take the little three, four yard, you know, and you know, they had two big plays, but, it ended up being the Ben Knopp don't break philosophy yeah. seems to be working this season. And you know what's funny, man? I've always hated this Ben but don't break. <laughs> I like I've I've never Same, liked it. Yeah. I've never ever liked it because there were some teams where I thought, all right, man, we could be a little more aggressive. You, you get what I'm saying? But I, I think, but the game plan was perfect today. I, yeah. I have to say that, man. The, that that defensive line neutralized uh, Deshaun Watson. You you notice on a couple of those um, plays where Deshaun Watson didn't really have a lot of uh, didn't really have anywhere to go. That defensive line was kind of like spying him. They, it, it wasn't a lot of just baseless rushing, if, if that makes any sense. Right. You you saw. Uh, there was a couple of plays with Burns and and even Vernon Butler on one play yeah. were just kind of sitting waiting to see where he was going to go to kind of neutralize um, Deshaun Watson taking off and getting big games. Man, I, I love the game plan today. Yeah, so big big ups to the defense. Uh, whatever it is that they do to reward players during the week, I definitely believe that the defense is owed today, uh, especially especially the secondary because who Eric Reed went down right for for yeah, one play Colin Jones came and in. Colin Jones came and, and in. I was really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was pretty scared. That that takes me to uh, my, my player of the game. Okay, Russ Cockrell. Yeah, yeah. he I played really, really I well. Can dig it, man. Uh, yeah, and he's certainly outplaying, you know, Captain Munderland last season. <laughs> uh, so, who are your guys players of the game? I'm going to go to the defense and hold. Um, um, the entire defense played well all day. Um, anybody, if I wanted to go specifically with a player, it would have to be Shaq Thompson. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. It would have to be Shaq Thompson. And he didn't do anything special, but he was just all, all over, over the, the field. Place, man. He right, was yeah. literally all over the field. Yeah, I'm I, I'm going to go Kind of like man. that guy we – we, we, we had let go. We let go. We, we, yeah, it was yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah well, pretty famous. Well, and, 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 and to speak and to speak to that, a, a lot of a lot of the fan base has been speaking on uh, Shaq Thompson that he has grown and he has matured this year and he's taking the next step forward and his progression and and he's looking. No, he's not. He hasn't progressed. He hasn't grown. He hasn't matured. This is how he has played the two seasons that he's been here. But you didn't see it because you wanted Davis on the field so much. Right. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to say blind hate or loyalty or your, your fandom or whatnot. But most of the fan base wanted to see Davis on the field no matter what. And they, and as a result, they overlook what Shaq Thompson did. Right. And if you go look at those first four games. From last season when Shaq Thompson played in place of Davis because he was out with the suspension, he he is doing nothing this year that should be surprising you. Right. So I'm I'm gonna go Shaq Thompson as well. And Russ Cockrell is obviously uh, you know unsung hero. I, I thought he made some some incredible breaks on the ball today. Right. He was he played like a, a DB that we've been missing for a long time. You know, like with the whole bend but don't break philosophy, we know as Panthers fans, our DBs love to back up, <laughs> wait till they gain seven yards, and then tackle them. Right. Russ Cocker wasn't having it today, and I love to see it, yeah. man. I will say an, uh, another unsung hero today is actually Brian Burns. He hit the quarterback three man. times a day. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, you know, stuff that's not going to really show up on the stats like that, but he was all over the place too, man. And so. uh, getting back to Cockrell, I want I want to go back to the interception that he had on the on the Houston trick play. The average fan is going to look at that and they're going to say, "Oh man, you know, um, Hopkins threw it through an interception." But if you go back and if you go look at the film, Cockrell had he had the receiver who was going across the field and he could have very easily followed him he across the field. That. Right. But he stayed disciplined and stayed true to his coverage and stayed over in that one third of the field. And if he doesn't do that, we end up getting we we give up a uh, touchdown. Can I, can I be Captain Obvious for a second? We, I think we have a hell of a secondary, guys. We were saying, watching the game, <laughs> I think we that have a pretty damn good secondary. Guys. Our secondary is why we're getting so many sacks. Yeah, we had no. we had five today. No, All no five, six. six. I'm sorry, six. we had six today. Five of those were cover, cover sacks. sacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Look yeah. how long 
last week, Kyler Murray's holding the ball too long. Right. Well, then look what's happening this week with Deshaun Watson. It's a pattern. It's, it is a pattern. Yeah, this a might be the best defense or secondary that we've seen. So, yeah, yeah 14 sacks in two weeks after coming into week three with only four total. I'll take that any day, man. So, so uh, real quick, Brian Burns doing things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, Brian Burns coming into this game was fourth in the league in pass rush win rate. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, right there. On the flip side, our offensive line is dead last in pass ball. Wait, but I, wait, wait, hold on. Add, wait, how I, could that be true? I don't. How uh, could that be true? Well, they, they they were so great when Cam was playing. <laughs> that can't be true. Oh, yeah. Uh, Colin Cowherd said that uh, Cam has had Colin Cowherd. Uh, Pro Bowl offensive linemen. The, no Where? more excuses. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what he was thinking. He so. must be playing the video game. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's Trey Turner, who else? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. All Speaking right. of people saying things about Cam, um, Michael Vick had some interesting things oh, to say about geez. Cam Newton this week on Speak for Yourself. Uh, essentially, he said that Cam Newton needs to focus less on what he's wearing and more on being essentially the ideal <laughs> NFL quarterback and leader. Go Jamal. Go Jamal. All right. So I am quoted on the show a lot as saying optics matter. And, you know, people, when, when the team is struggling and Cam is wearing all this crazy stuff, it might, it looks bad. Now, I say that, but that doesn't mean it is bad. If you call yourself a quote unquote media personality, journalist, professional TV person, whatever you want to talk to yourself, whatever, whoever gave Michael Vick this title. And I do mean gave. <laughs> you should know that it doesn't matter. Like I, Michael, I, I wish I could pull the article up. Cause there's, there's an exact quote Michael Vick said, and I, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but whatever he said, I was just like, that is just flat out the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. It was something to the effect of, he needs to focus more on football than he does his clothes. Now, here's my deal. He, I don't know where to go with this. I'm sorry, y'all. He, he, <laughs> he made the, he made these comments on on the Speak for Yourself uh, TV show. I want to know how this platform, and I I refuse to acknowledge the host by his name, but I want to know how is it that this platform constantly are able to get prominent African-Americans onto their show and speak the way that they do about other prominent or African-Americans in general. I was good getting to that point. I didn't want to go there, but since to, we're here. To be fair, that person who we should not name, he's actually a big fan of Cam Newton. And during the segment, he defended him. Whereas uh, the, you know, the other three, uh, Marcellus Wiley, uh, Michael Vick and uh, I, I can't recall who the other player yeah. was, but, but they they essentially shared that that sentiment, and there was some conversation that Cam Newton's never been a leader. He's never been the kind of leader that the Panthers had because he's been so focused on. And I don't let me let me ask y'all a question. I I want somebody out there. I don't want one of y'all to point to me one time, and I do mean one time, where any Panthers player other than Cam Newton had something negative to say about Cam Newton. As any reality. year, it never happened. It I, never. Oh, happened. Oh, except well, after the fact, D'Angelo Williams, you know. Yeah, but, but who who said that? Well, no, it wasn't on Speak for Yourself. But it was on. It, it, was, uh, it was on the ESPN show. Yeah, it was either yeah. Good Morning Football. Yeah, or, it was on one of the ESPN shows. Yeah, but, but get get back to Michael Vick. Here's why it's so perplexing coming from Michael Vick. One of the things that he said was that um, um, you don't need to do that on the job. Because your job is to play football. You don't need to get dressed on the job. You don't need to wear clothes on the job. What are we talking about, man? Here's the deal, though. His job is an NFL player. His job is to play football. Right. When he plays football, he is wearing an NFL-approved NFL uniform. uniform. He is not wearing now, – now, granted, the, 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 the press conferences and the post-game interviews, like, yeah, that's a part of his contract that he is obligated to do so, but he is not playing football when he's wearing his get-up. And let me say again that I don't agree with most of the stuff that he wears, but 
He is he he. It's his body to right. wear whatever the heck he wants. I didn't agree with the stuff Prince wore, but I mean that, he did. <laughs> he, he, he is who he is. But and, and here's why it's so bad when it comes to Michael Vick. When when Michael Vick was in the NFL as a quarterback, as one as the face of the NFL for a couple of years, Michael Vick wore dreads, and he was scrutinized and he was vilified by we'll go with the establishment for lack of better words right. in regards to him being a quarterback and wearing his dreads. And what did the black community do? They defended him. They supported him. They argued in favor for him. Wait, well, hold up, hold up. After Michael Vick gets caught up in the dogfighting scandal, something that Cam Newton has never yeah. come close to doing, yeah. what did Michael Vick do? He cut his dress. He cut his dress so he could be more appeasing to the establishment. And what did they do in response? They sent his ass to the, the federal lockup for two years. Yep. So I don't understand how somebody such as Michael Vick, who has went through everything that he's went through after he made the comments about Colin Kaepernick earlier this year in which he came back and apologized, could find himself to do the same thing again. Uh, he also made comments about similar comments about Antonio Brown uh, a few weeks ago. Um, now, granted, Antonio Brown is hey, um, he's the, not very smart. I'm, yes, I'm sorry. but at the I'll same time, uh, the context of those comments was essentially that you need to uh, <laughs> make yourself presentable to the establishment. And um, it, for Mike Vick to say that, I, I mean, I guess the redemption tour is still yeah, it has to be. It has to be. The where I'm going with this is I, it, Michael Vick is a is a person who is looking for acceptance. He is he's he's just he, he's looking for that acceptance because you got to think about it. When he was in lockup in federal lockup for dogfighting, man, like the world was against Michael Vick. Like it was, and I'm, and I'm saying they should have been, and and I'm not saying he should have got two years for fighting dogs. Let's let's be clear about that. But at the same time, the NFL was anti Michael Vick, and the establishment was anti Michael Vick. Maybe he still feels a lot of that on his shoulder. Maybe there's some guilt. Maybe there's still a lot of negative feelings around that. And maybe that's the result of the redemption tour. Now, sometimes <clears throat> the message can come from the wrong person, obviously. And not to say that I, we agree with the messages because yeah. we don't, because clothes really don't. Who gives a damn, ultimately? But coming from Michael Vick, of all people, let's say it. <laughs> nobody said that yet. Like, nobody wants to hear that coming from Michael Vick, right. man. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and and like just just look at everything that's going on in the NFL right now. You got you got Jalen Ramsey that's down in Jacksonville saying that he wants out of Jacksonville. He he posted a photo that he that alluded to he may be pregnant right now. You got you got old boy out in San Diego who literally just ended his uh his holdout, holdout. Uh, who just ended his um holdout. Um, you got Odell Beckham uh Beckham wearing uh. Hundred thousand dollar watches on like all these athletes out here doing this outlandish stuff, and, and you're worried about, and you're worried about <laughs> what this man decides to wear off the grid. I, I want to say one more thing about this man. I, I don't know if and when it's ever gonna happen, man. I just want I, I, there's a part of me that wants Cam Newton to start wearing quote unquote regular clothes again, so we can stop talking about this stuff, man. Like I ultimately don't care. I don't care if Cam Newton wears a pink tutu to yeah. the press. I don't I, care. It's I so would, unimportant to me. I would want him to wear what is considered acceptable, just to see what the people will. What the new narrative is. What right. the new right. But I wouldn't want him to do it because I don't ever want to see anybody conform to other people's standards. Right. Right. And, and and it goes back to the old question, who decided what was acceptable? Right. Because if you look at, I want to say it was actually the Panthers Twitter account, and I could be wrong with this, so don't call me, but uh, Christian McCaffrey, when they when they flew to Houston this weekend, uh, I think he had on like a nice little three-piece three piece suit. And the, the handle was like, nobody dresses better than like Christian McCaffrey for like a business trip. So who out there, what establishment out there is saying, <laughs> this is what's acceptable. This is not what's acceptable. Like somebody help me out. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't know how to go with that. <laughs> Just a reminder that the worst thing Cam Newton has ever done in his career is make a comment about a female reporter knowing about routes. Right. That's the worst thing he's, the worst thing he's, done he's ever done, literally. And now we're saying that he needs to be more accessible to the establishment. 
Maybe he should wear a tan suit or something. Right, right. Well, enough enough about Ron Mexico, more about (laughs) Cam. And there's a lot of you who don't get that, so go Google Google Ron Mexico Mexico. and come back and let us know what you think. (laughs) So, uh, so prior to... Clap, clap. (laughs) (laughs) Prior to last season, Cam Newton had only missed two games in his entire NFL career. Now he's missed four games of last season and he's missed the last two games of this season. And there is this narrative that Cam Newton is injury prone. It is important to note, however, that before last season, Cam Newton was a pescatarian. He then changed to being vegan. And now there is some talk that possibly his vegan diet could be leading to an increased amount of injuries for Cam on the field. What do you guys think about that? Okay, so since January of this year, I have kind of been on this journey to eliminate meat from my diet as well. I am nowhere near close to being a vegan, and I don't ever want to be a vegan because that that is hard. It, it's vegetarian would be the furthest that I go. I will never be a vegan. I don't have that type of discipline. I know that already, but. I'm not I'm not quite yet pescatarian. I eat chicken and I eat fish because it is pretty mm-hmm. hard. Before we read the article that was written by uh the Charlotte Observer, Observer, I was pretty hardcore. You need to shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> but then I read the article and it's pretty hard to dispute. Um just more so for the the the, the caloric intake that that that's required by vegans and athletes. Um, I go to the gym quite a bit, and I have noticed that it has been harder for me to put on muscle since I have changed my diet. Mm -hmm. And in no way, shape, form am I even close to being an athlete that Cam Newton is. So if I'm struggling at 6'1", 215 pounds, I can only imagine what a 6'5", 230-pound quarterback like Cam Newton would be going through. I can only imagine how much extra food he has to eat to replace that meat protein to get his body to uh, to keep him uh, where we're used to seeing Cam Newton. I'm honestly all over the place. I really think that with Cam Newton not being able to play to what we're accustomed to seeing him play, I think the vegan the vegan thing is just something for the people to harp on because. There are more than a few athletes in the NFL, in swimming, in tennis, in basketball, sports, all over who are vegans and who have been constantly, constantly, constantly successful. And one Now, of, we can agree football is a different animal. That's true. Yeah. That is and true. Cam Newton is. Cam Newton uh, is a physical in, in specimen. A and and yeah. I took that into account. Right. Um, the only name that I was really able to come across as far as who people would uh, be able to recognize mm-hmm. is uh, Brian Arakpo, mm-hmm. who's a mm-hmm. linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, who's been a vegan for about a year, year and a half now. Right. And he's a linebacker, so he's hitting and getting hit more than Cam Newton, obviously. Right. And it, ha- it hasn't seemed to slow him down. Right. And the one thing that I do want to point out, now, granted, I, this should this should go without saying, but I'm not a doctor, I'm not a dietitian, so obviously there's no professional advice coming from over here. Right. But if if get, get, name an athlete, name somebody in football right now, name somebody in football. Tom in, Brady. Uh, Tom Brady. No, nah, can't do Tom Brady. Go go else go elsewhere. <laughs> Chris McCaffrey. Chris, okay, Chris McCaffrey. If Chris McCaffrey gets hurt and he's out for X amount of months, and then he comes back and he gets hurt again. Does anybody say he needs to give up eating meat? Does anybody say he needs to he needs to switch to a plant based diet? There, there were no, there would be no discussion. So if an athlete gets hurt and we never say, well, maybe you need to stop eating meat. <laughs> why is it that when a player does stop eating meat, now we say, you know what, maybe you need to start eating meat? I am glad you brought that up <laughs> because when I first read the article and the Charlotte Observer mentioned that they did an investigation, it's like really. Like we're really investigating what our quarterback eats now. I first time I've ever heard anything like that. By the way, welcome to the nutrition segment of Under Construction. <laughs> um, as y'all can tell by my body type, I, vegan? What the hell is that? I, please, I, man, put all the steak on my plate. But anyway, um, I, I will say this: what we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a discussion coming up about Cam Newton's uh, video he put out there, and one of the things he mentions is he's gonna do whatever it takes to kind of get back to 
uh, form. Get back to uh, the normal Cam Newton we we know and love. I wonder if the Panthers as as an organization, I wonder how much stock they put into this article or how much stock they put into Cam Newton's diet. And are they really suggesting him changing his diet? I really would like to talk to somebody and kind of. Well, you know, I mean, the Panthers that. have nutritionists. Right. They exactly. have team doctors, dietitians. So it's not like Cam is doing this on his own. He's probably consulted with professionals on how he should go about doing this. Um, the important thing to note with Cam Newton, though, is that he is constantly changing his body composition. When Cam Newton first came in the league, he was a solid 255. He looked like a free safety yeah, when he came in the league. It's solid. And then uh, over a few years, you know, Cam has tried to lose weight in order to keep his speed up because he knew that his athleticism was going to wane. Right. So Cam is probably closer to about 240 pounds now. Maybe be less than that. Maybe less than that. And add to that. He's take, still taking hits, right. and he's thirty years old. And, I, but here, the the question, the one question I have behind that is like, how how much does that really figure into this foot injury? Like, no, you know, yeah. like well, I, we're, again, we're not doctors; we don't really know. But that foot injury just seemed like a random injury. It don't right. look like lack of protein or anything like that. It just looked like the guy hurt his foot. Yeah. And now we're going on this tangent about what he eats. I don't. Yeah, I I, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's just the foot. I think it's the foot. And the shoulder, and Cam has these nagging. So TJ Watt knocked the protein out of his body, like somebody <laughs> explained. To me. I'm, I'm, so I just want to know, man. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, you know, it's, it's Cam. Anything Cam does. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. when he announced that he was becoming a pescatarian. They Shrubs over wrote an article on that too. You know, so. I I have the I have the belief that if Cam Newton was still a meat eater. And that if Cam Newton wore what's acceptable to wear, it would be some other obscure. He has the YouTube channel now, right? right? And the last video that he posted, we're going to talk about what is he doing in the video? He's smoking, smoking a cigar. cigar right? He's smoking a cigar. On, on the Amazon documentary. He's, Remember? He's yeah. smoking yeah. Smoking cigars. Yeah. Right. So it would be that. It would be. It would be, be that. that. It would be that. It would be that. We, we just answered that on. It would be that. So, yeah. And then, and then, and then. Well, every, if he was just uh, smoking cigars and drinking wine, maybe he'd be more he'd accurate. Be able to do more, you know. And then again, look at the community work he does. Kyle he, Allen doesn't smoke cigars. He plays, sorry, man. He, he has the he has his kickball tournament, his charity kickball tournament. Do you know what the risk of injury is with playing kickball? Yeah, I'm actually surprised his contract allows him to do anything. Yeah, but it, it, it would be some. It, it would. It, and and I made the joke earlier, but I'm not sure if anybody would have picked up on it. But when I said that he should wear a tan suit, I, that, I, that was an Obama joke. Yeah, yeah, we, we got so it, man. It, it. It would be something. Be it would. Fun. This it would man be rides a Segway around downtown Charlotte. Y'all driven through downtown Charlotte. Yeah. That is. Probably besides playing behind the Panthers O line, maybe that's the most dangerous it's, thing. It's, more, it's, you it's can about do. equally as dangerous. So that's <laughs> more newsworthy. But Cam Newton's gotta eat, and so do we. So right. that means we gotta pay some bills. Uh our sponsor, anchor.fm, will be right back. And we're back. More talk about Cam Newton. <laughs> I'm sure you guys everyone's seen the video by now. Yeah, right. Cam right. Newton on his YouTube channel released a uh a video where he talks uh, about what has happened this season and what happened uh, throughout last season, particularly with his injury and, you know, uh, Kyle Allen stepping for him and, and just a whole bunch of other things. So what were you guys thoughts on, on Cam on Cam? The video, it is a perfect summary of the entire dichotomy of Cam Newton. It is all in one video. <clears throat> so we, we're looking at this video and Cam Newton is completely in his element. He has the Cam Newton swag going on. He has a cigar. He has a wine <laughs> that he apologized for. No apology needed, sir. And he is uh, basically just talking about what has transpired, you know, with him and his body over the last maybe season and a half, to be fair, I, I guess. And the sad part that about this video is there are going to be some people out there who look at Cam and his element smoking that cigar with that red wine who is not going to hear a word he said after that. So, with that being said, for both of us who did listen to what Cam have to say, again, it just summarizes who he is because he's talking about how he withheld information about his foot. Um, 
and it kind of just speaks to the competitive person Cam really is. Mm-hmm. He repeated a couple of times, I just want to win. I just want to win. And he was he mentioned it, you know, he mentioned how hard this injury is for him because he mentioned that he's been playing at 80%. And 80% is not the Cam Newton that Cam Newton ultimately wants to be. He's he's kind of had this battle with himself about sitting out and doing what's best for the team versus me being a competitive person and me helping my team win. Ultimately, he has finally gotten to the point where he said, you know what, what's really going to help this organization, what's ultimately going to help us get to our ultimate goal is me sitting out. And not knowing Cam Newton personally, obviously, but I know that's got to be hard for the guy because anybody who's really followed this guy knows how bad he wants to win and know how competitive he truly is. So... With that being said, man, I just I when you look at the video and you really listen to what the guy has to say, what are people really mad about? Yeah. Why do why do people hate this man again? I, I it just it, it baffles me. So, um, I got a couple of things here, quite a bit. So, first off, I just want to I just want to highlight again that I appreciate Cam Newton and his YouTube channel because it allows him to express himself, to speak out, because we know this time, this time two years ago, he wasn't able to be this expressive. So now that we got a new regime. Well, what a here, change of ownership and, you, Exactly. Huh? So we got new ownership, and like now we get to see a different side of Cam. Let me interrupt you real quick. I'm sorry, because this is important to note. He said, when I do this video and I'm on this channel, I get to I get to be something to the effect of I marshal the beat of my own drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was very telling. I, I didn't take that as a jab. I didn't, I know, take I didn't say yeah, it yeah, was yeah, a jab. Yeah. I just think it's very telling. Yeah, that he's yeah. A, I did that. I yeah, did that. Yeah. But uh getting away from that, um, also by him acknowledging that he knew that he was hurt, but he wanted to win. And he didn't want to go through the shoulder um recuperation only to start the year off by not playing any games because he, he was thinking what would his teammates and what would the fan base think about him. I think that should kill any questions with everybody that has mentioned his lack of toughness over the last Absolutely. couple of weeks. Right, right, right. Because right. the last couple of weeks we have seen so many Cam Newton is not tough coming. I don't know how, considering the fact that this dude was playing two weeks after he rolled over in a car accident. With a cracked vertebrae. With, right. with two cracked right. vertebrae. Yeah. Right. I don't know how you're able to fix your mind to say that, but I think the fact that he acknowledged that he was hurt and he still wanted to go out there and play, that should kill any of that. Right. I agree. But... I didn't like I didn't like the video. I didn't like what he had to say in regards to the injury. I feel like was it selfish? It wasn't selfish. I felt like he took one for the team mm-hmm. and the team being the Carolina Panthers. I felt like he protected Ron Rivera. I felt like he protected the the, the medical staff. I felt like he protected the coaching staff. Interesting. He had a noticeable limp in weeks one and week two. Right. Even if I don't say that I'm hurting, you see my limp. And speaking of that, let's go back to the Amazon series. Okay. They knew something was wrong with right. him last season. Well, we've said before, regarding last season, Cam fell on his sword for the team. Because, i am be honest with you, it wasn't all Cam Shoulder. Cam Shoulder was hurt, but right. I also saw the defense let the Cleveland Browns score in 36 seconds. Right. right. After Cam right. drove them down the field and threw a touchdown pass. There was a reason Ron Rivera took over defensive play. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I feel you on that. Now, and here's another thing. When Cam Newton got hurt in the preseason, in the, in the only preseason game that he played, a, a, a game that I always believe that he should have never played in, but another conversation, Tom Brady played in the preseason, so if Tom Brady played, Cam Newton played, whatever. <laughs> but when he got hurt, nobody knew what the injury was. We looked at that replay multiple times, right. and everyone was like, where is the injury? Right. I saw a few comments on social media, and a few people said he has a – Lens Frank, Lens Frank. Right. injury. Right. I've had that before. I know what it looks like. It's a four to six week recovery period. So if Joe Blow on Facebook could point out what the injury was, right. you telling me that these million dollar paid trainers and, 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 and medical staff couldn't diagnose what was wrong with him? But we see all the time where teams would go to a player and 
put the onus on them. Right. We see we we've seen it with Cam. There was a game of uh, a few seasons ago where Cam took a hit to the helmet. He should he should have been out that game. Right. And probably the, the next game, game was it um, the Falcons when he slid. It might have been that he yeah. took a hit to the helmet. They took him to the concussion. He did the concussion protocol. It was the Falcons. It was the Falcons. Yeah. yeah, he came yeah. back. Yeah, because he came back and scored a touchdown. And it was like, now you know, Cam Cam Newton needs to be <laughs> in a hospital somewhere. But if they go, he passes concussion protocol and they say, "Cam, you good to play?" And he says, "Okay." Now I got an interesting point I want to make. Could all of this has have resulted in them saying we gotta get a quarterback? I don't care if we stretch it. I don't care if we kind of. <laughs> if we pull the trigger a little too fast, we just got to get somebody. Oh, look, Will Gris here at pick number 70-something. Let's get that guy. Y'all think it could have resulted in, in that. And see, I don't I don't know. I um, Ron, Ron Rivera has been here the exact same amount of time as Cam Newton. It's hard for me to believe that Ron Rivera wants to get another quarterback and, and intentionally. I agree with that. But right. I think that's why he didn't make the call to yank Cam. Think about it. Your, your job's on the line this season, right? right? So, I've always said that was a David Tepper call, yeah. man. Like, I, seriously. Yeah, if your job's on the line, you're going to always go with the player who's going to give you the best chance to win. And honestly, I'll take an 80% Cam Newton over most quarterbacks in the league who are not elite. Maybe even Kyle Allen. But the, the Panthers' hand was forced. That's the only reason why Kyle Allen's playing. Right. I think if if, you know – if Cam had come out sooner and said he couldn't play, he would have pulled him. Or if they felt more confident in Kyle Allen, then then maybe they would have pulled Cam. But they felt like Cam gave him the best chance to win. Now, I'll say this. I don't think that, that, that Ron Rivera has intentionally sabotaged him, but I don't think Ron Rivera has still did right by him. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> late last year, we were heading into the final stretch of games where we still had to play Atlanta uh, twice, and we right. still had to play the Saints. Right. Uh, before that, we played we played the Seahawks, and we played the Lions, and we played the Browns um, before those last three games. And I said, if we lose any one of the next three games, we will not be making the playoffs because we, because I always give us a loss to the Saints and to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we can't beat those we guys. Can't so sweep them. I always give those I always count that as a loss. So had we lost any of those three games prior, we were not making the playoffs. And when we lost that first game, I want to say it was to the Browns. Browns. When we lost that first game, I had been saying ever since then that Cam Newton needed to be benched for the rest of the season. And when it was painfully obvious that he was still hurt, yeah. for Ron Rivera to continue to play him mm-hmm. Only to play him in weeks one and two of this year, that's the point where I say that Ron Rivera has not done right by Cam Newton. Well, well, let me just, I'll just say this because Ron Rivera is the never give up coach. We all remember 2014 where the whole NFC South was terrible and the Panthers lost like what the eight games in a row? Yeah. And he didn't give up. Yeah. He told them guys, look, we, we got a chance here. We can still make the playoffs, and they did, and they won a playoff game. Right. I think that mentality was just hard for him to shake because the Panthers still had – if they had beat New Orleans, if they had won that game and ended up losing by three points, they would have made the playoffs and he was, had, had he they was won. saying a lot of the same things. That a lot of the same things, and I, felt, I think he just felt like Cam, Cam Newton, because of what he can do with his legs and his size, he, he he's just always going to give you that chance. To win, and I think that's what I don't think Ron Rivera was uh, meaning to do any harm by Cam or, or just you know throwing to the the wolf, so to speak. And we could call it negligence. I, I won't say it was intentional. We could call it negligence. But but the interesting part about that is we still had chances to win. It's not like we were getting blown yeah, out. It's not, it's not yeah, like yeah, we yeah, were just yeah, getting yeah. you know the, we was t- getting taken out to the woodshed in these games. Yeah. We narrowly got beat by the Saints. Yeah, and held them to seven points that game. So. Tough to say, man. Well, it's an interesting video. You guys be sure to check it out. Subscribe to Cam Newton's YouTube channel because he's got a lot of other cool stuff yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, His yeah. kickball tournament, he broke Guinness Book World Records for most one-handed catches. By the way, there is a clip of him in Hannibal Burris going to the <laughs> vegan store. <laughs> oh, it, it's pretty good. It's, gl- it's, it, it's a pretty good clip, man. Y'all check that out. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to take one more break here. Uh, so don't go anywhere. And we're back. 
And you know what else is almost back? <laughs> yeah. Hunters basketball, yeah, baby. Hunters. Yeah. Basketball. We are less than a month. It seemed like the season just ended. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, we are one month away, less than one month away from the return of our beloved. Yeah. <laughs> Lovable losers, as Rodney would say. All, all 150 of our diehard fans. Can't wait. So, uh, do you guys have any expectations for the season? Let me, I, I look, it's funny because I actually was really looking forward to talking about this today. And there's like probably 200 people like, man, why y'all talking about <laughs> know, Hornets, man? <laughs> anyway, we're going we're gonna to do this today, man. Um, I, I have to heart, I have to go back to what Mitch Kupchak has been preaching lately. And I have to say, man, I, 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 I'm really loving where he's going and where he's trying to take this team at. Nobody else is going to see this, man. You get what I'm the saying? The plan is becoming clear. The, the plan yeah. is, becoming, is becoming a lot more clear, man. And I hate to say this, man. I, I sound like a really bad fan when I say this, man. But it's like a waiting game at this point. And what I mean by that, we're all waiting on these contracts to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the truth. And, and I say that my, my statement is centered around the young guys. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. My expectation is to see what these young guys can do because we're not going to win a lot of games. Well, let me say this. We're not projected to win a lot of games. So it's all about seeing what JB does, does with these young guys. Um, he's preaching that if you play defense, you're going to play for me. We'll see how that works out. Who's going to be the odd man out? We have 37 fours on the team. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's not going to play a whole lot. Who is it going to be? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I, think if, if there was one player I would put a big old star beside, it would be Malik Monk because it's kind of – I don't want to say put up a, a do or die year, but it's getting pretty damn close. He, I, he's it, got so much potential. He's got. He's still got that he, potential. Yeah. You still want to believe in the guy, but he's got to, he's, he's got to show some marked improvement this year, man. So – that's what I'm personally. I don't have no expectations. I don't have any expectations, and <clears throat> I don't say that to be a detriment to the team or a detriment as a Hornets fan. It's almost a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's almost a good thing. And the, the the thing is, the reason why I have no expectations because this off season has gone exactly the way I wanted it to go. When Kimmel left in free agency, my thing, my mindset switch directly to the youth movement. It took me longer than you because yeah. of my fandom. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'll be honest. Because yeah. of my hardcore Kimmel Walker fandom, it I'm there now. Yeah. It took me yeah, a yeah. while, man. I <laughs> wanted to see a youth movement. I did not want them to I did not want them to bring in a bad contract, a big Another contract. One. I didn't want them to bring in a a, a, a name with star power. A like, Terry Rozier. Well, we'll, and we'll talk about that. Here's the deal. I don't even <laughs> consider the Rozier. I don't consider that like a splash. I don't consider the bad contract. I'm an ACC guy, so I've been watching Rozier for about four or five years now. Yeah. I know what he can do. So I didn't consider that a bad move. But in the months since since uh, the signing trade with Walker and Rozier, looking at some of the people that they brought in, I have to go Google who the hell these people are. But that's a good thing because yeah. it lets me know they're bringing in young players that they can develop for the next two to three years, like Jamal said. Because after this season, um, Marvin's contract falls off. And there's one – is it is it Cody? <laughs> I think Marvin and Cody falls off this uh, year. And, 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 and MKG. And MKG. Yeah. Those guys fall off. And then two years from now – uh, Nick Batum's contract fall off. He's going to be going by the deadline whenever his last year is. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive uh, yeah. of that. So everything that they're doing right now, in my opinion, is lining up to youth movement and waiting on these bad contracts to fall off. And and I am also I am completely fine with that. At the beginning of last season, when the new coaching staff was installed, one of the things that Borrego said, that, and, and Mitch said this too, they wanted to focus on player development. Right. And no one – either cared or I, I don't know, but it's clear that's what they're doing now. It's clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's clear well, that's everyone's what like, what's the, what's the plan, Mitch? <laughs> right. What are you doing? And is well, the this plan. is the plan. <laughs> I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but it needs to be said again, man. Mitch Kupchak himself said, sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make. Absolutely. Yeah. I am so glad we didn't get Marcus off. Yeah. Because yeah. that would have yeah. wrecked a lot of these. Because yep. y'all know, like I do, we would have to give up a piece we didn't want to give up. Probably yep. Miles Bridges. Yep. God, I'm glad that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, same here. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of talk about 
what position Miles Bridges is going to play. Fans, get off that. It doesn't matter. It's the NBA it's now. NBA yeah. Miles Bridges was our best rim protector. He can, he can play the four and he can play the three. Hell, he could probably play the five if he really wanted to. He's, he's athletic enough. Stop worrying about that. I, there, there's a wild card in this. The wild card is Michael Kidd Gilchrist because with the with the drafting of PJ Washington, it was like, okay, who's gonna play, who's not? Now my my thinking is PJ is gonna spend a lot of time in the G League because they actually said that. But I say MKG is the wild card because there was a point in time, and I don't know why Borrego went away from this. I, I to this day I don't know why, but there was a point in time when he played Miles Bridges and MKG a lot together, and they caused hell defensively. And if Borrego is gonna be preaching defense this year, that needs to happen again. I don't know what their plans are for if MKG is going to be the odd man out, if they're just like, ah, you know, hey, thank you for your services, but you got to go. I don't know. So that's something else I'm just kind of looking forward to, man. Uh, recently, Coach Brego made comments uh, essentially alluding that, saying that he had made it, he felt he made a mistake <laughs> by trying to make the Hornet system too much like the like, Spurs. Like the Spurs. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on that statement well the response from the fan base was that um basically saying translation the hornets team sucks yeah that's true i didn't receive it like that when you leave look, look, a- man, the hornets fans translation is <laughs> always going to be the hornets suck uh, uh, until we go <laughs> until get- we start winning yeah exactly, yeah, yeah exactly until or until we get a 37 year old steph curry yeah, right. got it got it but i didn't really <laughs> take it as that what i took it as he left an organization and he has a vision for what he wants the new organization to be but he can't do what he wants until he gets the pieces right, right. that he wants so you can have the best team whatever but if it doesn't gel with what it is that you want to do they're they're gonna fall apart as well so uh i mean big ups to him for for acknowledging that but i didn't really take it strictly you guys suck i i, I just took it as a first year head coach that admitted admitted he made a mistake big deal yeah <laughs> i mean well i i think maybe, maybe not to because I, I made a, a similar comment in the Hornets Facebook group, and I was being a little facetious, but I, I do think that he was saying that, hey, I don't have the talent that I need. I'm not, he's not saying that the, the people aren't talented, just the talent I yeah, need yeah, yeah. to run a system like the Spurs. And I tried to run that system that we were running in San Antonio, and it just wasn't going to work with the talent but, that, but that you, we have. But you know what both of the, you know you know what this goes back to? This goes back to Mitch Kupchak, Basically, trying to get rid of Rich Cho's mess and couldn't do it. Not, not, not any fault of Mitch Kupchak's own. Right. He just couldn't get rid of these guys. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, just yeah, wasn't yeah. possible. So that's why it's even more of a waiting game. You get what I'm saying? These players have already deemed themselves pretty much untradeable. Yeah. So going back to this waiting game again, man. <laughs> so. Let's talk about the $19 million man, Terry <laughs> Rozier. He, scary Terry. Scary Terry. He made some comments lately that has the fan base in an uproar. Let me, I'm, I'm trying to find the, uh, the exact comments. He what, told the Charlotte Observer. Fan base not in an uproar. I, yeah, right, come we got to have something to be angry about. I swear. He said, um, I'm pissed off about a lot of stuff. I want to prove myself again. I am not Kemba. I'm not coming in here acting like I'm Kemba. I respect the hell out of Kemba. When I play against him, I'm going to give my best, and I know I'll get his best. But Kemba, I don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me about Kemba. I love it. Woo! I love that. I love I'm love ready it. for the season. I love that. I can't love wait that. till we play How can you find fault in it? I don't understand how well, anybody people, can be mad at that. People were upset because they said they felt like Rozier was making about himself and not the team. So, here's the deal. When you guys see sound bites like that or when you see quotes printed up like that rosier did not wake up one day and say you know what let me go on ig live right quick and let me say i i i i i i when you see a quote like that 11 times out of 10 Somebody asked him a question. Yes, somebody yeah. asked him a question. He didn't just call the Charlotte Observer. Hey, y'all. Hey, I'm, I'm going to st- talk about Kimba. Stop talking about Kimba. <laughs> I'm talking about Kimba. <laughs> Look. Hey, uh, hey, Terry, we didn't call you. I know. <laughs> now print it. <laughs> Damn it. But um, for somebody to, to respond, because a lot of the response was it was too much I. 
and it wasn't enough we, and it wasn't enough us. I'm almost positive if you go listen or read the entire interview, you will see a lot of we, and you will see a lot of us. But you're taking the one quote that says I, 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 and you're getting your panties in a bunch. Over nothing. And to be fair, though, that's what the comparison is. The the context is people comparing him to 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 Kimba Walker. Yeah. We want you to replace Kimba. It's not going to happen. A lot of people were upset about that deal, and, and and I was not. I thought it was a good move. You get someone who's not really too, too old, uh, like a journeyman, uh, but but he's enough of a veteran. He's got enough, way more experience. We saw what he did in the playoffs, and I, I, I we can't just ignore that. Right. Um, he's playing behind Kyrie, so he wasn't getting, you know, he was getting backup minutes. Now he's a full-time starter, and we can see what he can do. Kyrie, so. Ky- Kyrie is a vegan. Keep going. <laughs> That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does. So what what I take from Terry Rozier's comment is is somebody that I've kind of always he's he's somebody I've always known him to be, which is uh, a guy with a chip on his shoulder. God, if this team doesn't need somebody with Absolutely. a chip on yeah, their shoulder, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's exactly what the Charlotte Hornets need as far as mentality goes. I have no problem with this whatsoever. I think Terry Rozier is going to be a guy. Where and and y'all know this to be true, there were a lot of games where we get punked, emotionally yep. and physically punked. Terry Rozier ain't having that. No, nope. he ain't having that. And I'm glad. And and the mentality is something that's needed. He there were he specifically mentioned in that article that he does not have to look behind his back anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That yeah. that is very telling. For anybody who has played basketball on any level before, rhythm is everything. Here's what I mean by that. When you Terry Rozier is going to be playing starters minutes. He is entrenched as the starter already. When you play basketball, you don't want to be literally looking over your shoulder like, man, you know, if I miss this shot, they're going to yank me. If I turn the ball over, they're going to yank me, man. If I don't play so well, man, you know, my my the starter is going to come in. Terry Rozier doesn't have that worry. And, and mentally, I think he's going to be a lot better off because of that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think part of the reason the Hornets brought Rozier in is because he has a mentality very similar to Kimba Walker. Yeah. We used to always call Bro- oh, go Kimba going into Bronx, Bronx mode. mode. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'll say the only, and this is not a knock on, y'all know how much of a Kimba Walker fan I am, but for some reason, that mentality did not permeate to the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. For, right, for whatever right. reason, and I think... Kimba Walker was a good teammate almost to a fault. fault yeah. We saw that yeah. in the All-Star game. Oh, okay, why Kimba not breaking right. people's ankles? Right, right, right. Because yeah, right. he wanted to be a good we're, teammate. We're, we're talking about a guy who won the Sportsmanship Award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? And, and it, we might see that in Boston as well. Based, on, I don't know if you guys watched any of the FIBA games, but, you know, it was Kimba, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, and Kimba was almost acquiescing to his teammates. I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think we're getting that. Especially you got these young, impressionable guys. He's not going to be afraid of guys like Marvin Williams Williams, and Nick Nick Batum. Guys who I think Kimba (laughs) held them in in huge respect. I never saw Kimba like get at Marvin Williams when he should have got at him. Do you know how many times I wanted Kimba to walk up to Nick Batum and just (laughs) cuss him out, man? You know how many times I wanted to actually see that? I think we might get that from Terry. We might get that. That's worth $19 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I will... I plan on being there on October twenty third on opening night. Yeah, same. So I'm same, I'm, same. Look, I'm looking forward to yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, and um, <clears throat> God, man, one one other thing I I was I was gonna I was gonna say to that man is especially with the young guys, man, like it's gonna be that much more important to have a guy like that with because not only do we want to see the the culture quote unquote change with the team we want to see the mentality i want to see the mentality and change, i think man. it's already there with miles bridges but yeah. mm-hmm. and but, Dwayne bacon Dwayne yes. bacon too yeah. i think i think he has a lot more fire than yeah. we think yeah I, I yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so i i think but but with them being such young players and with this team being Kimba's team i think they had to defer to Kimba a lot last year i don't i, I see a much more boisterous I, uh, bacon and, and, and Bridges next year. Last thing I'll say to this, man, I, I've said this at nauseum. Bringing him here was such a necessary. Yeah, move. absolutely. Because if we didn't, who was it going to be? Ricky Rubio? Right. That's who y'all wanted? More doom and gloom. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people felt like it was a knee-jerk move to Kimba 
leaving. Well, we got to do something. The more I think about it and the more time has passed, that was a calculated move. They knew Kimball probably wasn't going to take the deal. They were going to, I mean, uh, I think Jerry Valancourt alluded to it when he was here in the yeah. show that they knew they weren't going to keep Kimball Walker. Right. So they were like, you know, you know, what can we do uh, to help develop these young guys? Let's get this guy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. He's gonna have that same mentality. He's not gonna be. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I'd love for him to prove me wrong. I don't think he's gonna be as good as Kemba right, Walker. Right, same. Uh, I couldn't agree to that. But uh, but he's gonna bring a lot of that same mentality. Yeah, yeah. no okay. doubt. So since we got some time, I'm going to inject a very short culture segment before we okay. get to our shout out. So All right. we spoke about uh, maybe a few weeks ago about the Dairy Queen on Central Avenue. Yeah. Okay. So the rumor is that the baby <laughs> is buying that property. And he is, he's not going to keep the Dairy Queen up, but he's going to open his own business on that property. So, considering he's got a new album out, which is which we have not all listened to it yet. <laughs> we gave little mini reviews off camera. Um, you know, he is he the ambassador for Charlotte? Is he the Drake of Charlotte now? He, no. The short answer is no. And, and I'm as. I'm not saying that in some hateful, I don't like the guy way. I, let me, because I have to say this. This is, right. no, this, yeah, you know I, I'm I say too, right, yeah. I have to say this. I want the baby to succeed in every single way possible. I, he's representing our city. I want him to be successful as he possibly can. That doesn't mean I'm going to like all his music. That doesn't mean I'm going to play all his music, but I do want him to be successful. Now, to get back to your question, no, because he hasn't done anything yet. That, and right, it, it's yeah. that simple. Now, if he if this is the start of, of something where he's really trying to preserve some culture or to build some culture or, or to yeah, that's it. Now, if that's the start of something like that, then I'm all for it, man. But let's give him time to prove himself in, go, in that regards. I'm gonna go a different route. And I'm gonna answer the question with a yes. Okay. <laughs> now, you guys know me, I'm super critical when it comes to the music and whatnot. I listened to the new album. I couldn't make it past track three. I just can't rock with it. Uh, Young M.A. dropped the album the same day. I listened to the whole thing. I am so glad she went back to her roots and got away from that commercial track she yes. did three years ago. I, I listened to it all. I couldn't rock with the baby. I'm sure he got some bars. I know it's some people out there that rock with the music because I've seen it all over my social media. I like it's, a bet on Dreamville, personally. It, yeah, if I could get the Dreamville, yeah. uh, the baby, I can listen to it, but it's just not for me. Right. But... Because he is the rapper, the artist, the musician that has the most clout coming out of Charlotte right now, I kind of have to give him that ambassador title. Um, where will it go? I don't know. But whenever I see him doing interviews, whenever I see him out and about, he's always repping Charlotte to some degree. So I kind of have to give him that. Now, in regards to the Dairy Queen situation, um, is this something that's come up recently? Because I know we saw this a couple weeks ago right. and we took it as, as, as truth and come to find out it was just a rumor that had got started by some local rapper that was and using the, that is yeah, right now that's what it is. So, so now, um, I don't think, I don't think there's validity in, in the whole, the baby Dare Queen story, but if he buys that building and he turns it into, the baby's ice cream <laughs> right. or whatever catchy name he chooses to come up with more power to him, especially in that neighborhood. Yes. Especially in that neighborhood. Can I say this? I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be the bad guy. I don't think that'd be a good idea in that neighborhood. Why not? Number one, you're getting rid of a community staple in that Dairy Queen. You know how mad people already are that that thing is leaving that area. So you're going to tell me you're going to purposely not try to preserve it. Get rid of it and then put your well, own. Well, 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 it's unproven. Quasi, it's already gotten rid of, so to speak. The the owner of the Dairy Queen, they've already agreed to move it. Even with that being said, even uh, so, so, how long you live in Charlotte, Vince? Four years. Okay, so you don't remember how that Plaza Midwood used to be and how it is now. Right. I'll just say that. A lot of people, I'm not going to go as far as say the majority, but I probably wouldn't be too far off. But most people that in that neighborhood don't listen to the baby. 
Oh so, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. If if he were to that's putting it nicely. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you know what I really want. To say. Right. So <laughs> if he put if he takes down the beloved Derek, you know, like I said, it's already moving, but but he makes a pastiche of it essentially. Right. right. It's semantics, right, but yeah. Yeah. Right there in the same spot. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna work out so, too well. Yeah, for him, man. I, I I get what what Jamal's saying as far as him being like. The ambassador of Charlotte. Charlotte's never really had such a thing. True. You know, even Very though true. we've had Fantasia Marino, Anthony Hamilton, right. Joe Deceit, y'all ain't from New York. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we've had all of these famous people from Charlotte, and then it's like we never found out. I think maybe Del Earnhardt Jr. is maybe like our biggest right, right. ambassador. True. But, right. But and then he ain't really from Charlotte either. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Like, so I guess, yeah, I, I would consider the, the baby. The, by default, that's saying a lot coming from Kaiser. He's kind of putting us on. He's kind of putting us on. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. We, it, it's been we haven't had somebody this visible rep so hard for us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. we can we can all agree with that. But so, more more power to him, man. I I just I, hey, I have this visual yeah. in my head. Somebody's walking up to his new space, <laughs> <laughs> and they're seeing the menu, and it's like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I want to come back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, I, I'll just keep. Especially it when, when it gets out that a guy who wore a diaper. Like, could you imagine yeah, like walking up? Like, yeah. and that be the sign. Like, you got some black dude in a diaper, <laughs> <laughs> the baby ice cream. It's like, man, you know what? I'm gonna, but on the flip side, <laughs> on, the, so on, 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 <laughs> on the flip side, it'll it bring in another new base. It'll That's bring in true. Base, it which might, might present another problem. It so. Maybe it may it'll bring in a, an influx of people that need to to spend more time in, in Plaza, Plaza Midwood, and they may get introduced to Snug Arbor, which is literally across the street. So, which ain't a bad thing. It's no, not a bad, not thing. bad thing. Like Carter Banks saying, it's a win-win bonanza, baby. <laughs> so, oh, I, I hope I hope it's true. Hey, if if the baby does open the shop, I'll be one of the first to get a a cone. The baby cone. The baby cone. The ba- yeah, <laughs> a baby cone. All right. So, all right. Well, that's gonna take us to our shout-outs. Jamal, what you got for me this week? I actually got a couple of shout-outs, and, and I'm not gonna be mean this week. I don't have any mean shout-outs this week. Um, first, first and foremost, man, I want to, I just want to pass along my, I, I hate thoughts and prayers. I, I'm trying to come up with another saying for that, man, but just well wishes and, and, and all the positive energy I can, I can muster up for my friend, Brian, uh, man, I love you, man. And I will, will be, I'm sending you anything positive I can think of, man. I'll just keep it at that without giving away too much. Um, happy birthday to my brother, Travis, man. And, uh, my last shout out. Uh, goes to somebody who is unfortunately a Cowboys fan, a very loud, obnoxious, boisterous <laughs> Cowboy fan. But he's also a very, very big supporter of Under Construction. So That's shout true. out to my boy Andrew Pittman, man. Um, been a great friend of me for a lot of years, and he's extremely supportive of the show. And like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, man, I'm trying to focus more and more on the people who really, really got our back, so to speak, and who really support us and, and shout us out. So shout out to Andrew Pittman, man. And I also want to shout out the Panthers defense, man. Keep <laughs> yes, keep it. All right. So and I, shout I got, out to Rodney, man. Yeah, shout yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a shout out and I got a shout at. I'm going to steal Jamal's thunder this, this week. So my shout out will go again to the city of Charlotte. And uh, for those of you guys that have been watching, you guys know that I've been involved with uh, cleaning up the uh, Cedar Grove Cemetery. Uh, I've reached out to the uh, Charlotte City government and all that good stuff. And they actually called me earlier this week. And essentially what they told me, they were just telling me some of the pitfalls that they were running into in the coming up with cleanup efforts. Legally speaking, nobody owns that cemetery. Legally speaking. And so that being the case, they're trying to figure out what do we do so that we can get people out here and clean up. When I talked to the lady on the phone, I felt like a lot of the stuff that she was telling me was like BS and was fluff, but I understood that she was just a middle person and she was just doing her job. So I kind of took it at face value. But at the end of the day, people within the government are, are getting the message. And I just, I was, I was pretty, pretty pleased with that, you know, to get that phone call to know that the conversations are still being had. Right. So shout out to the city of Charlotte in that regard. No doubt. My shout at will go out to the Clemson Tiger <laughs> fan base. Listen, listen. Yeah. Listen, let, I'm going to try and cool off for this one. <laughs> listen, I hey man, keep, hate keep your thing safe, Alabama football. 
I cannot stand anyone associated with the Crimson Tide. Because of that, I need Clemson football to be as dominant for the foreseeable future until one or two things happen. One, uh, a few more teams rise to the occasion to where they can compete with Alabama football. Or two, Alabama football becomes a shit. Until then, I need Clemson to continue to win, okay? But yesterday, they found themselves in a dogfight against the North Carolina Tar Heels, and they won by only one point after Mac Brown decided to go for two points for a two-point conversion. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. I don't blame them either. Congratulations. You won. But I need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you beat a team who just last year went two and nine. And two weeks ago, they lost to Wake Forest. Last week, they lost to Appalachian State. Be humble. This is why nobody likes you. Because you. New money, man. New money. Listen. New money. Listen. Congratulations on your 20th win in a row. Congratulations on winning another ACC title this year. Congratulations on going back to the college football playoff. But be humble. (laughs) You beat North Carolina. Your basketball team has lost to us 61 times in a row. (laughs) Be humble. Stop. Hey, hot take real quick. Clemson won't be back in the playoffs this year. What? Mm. I said What's it. up, Rodney? <laughs> Shout out to mm. I said it September 29th, 2019. Clemson will not be there. There you have it. I'm going to have to take this clip and save it. There you have it. Uh, Shout out I got is um about former CFL football player, Wendell Brown, who was just released yesterday after spending three years in a Chinese prison for a crime that he did not commit. Yeah. Um, The interesting thing about this case is that his supposed crime in China happened at the same time that the UCLA men's basketball team was detained in China for shoplifting. They got to go home because of intervention from our president. However, uh, this person who really was innocent of a crime could get no such intervention. And his, his mother had to raise money to literally pay off the Chinese government in order for them to reduce uh, his sentence. That money was raised. I'll say his name. It was actually raised by partially by Jason Whitlock. Um, uh, Jason Whitlock and other people in the uh, local community. Yeah, I know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna leave it alone because yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to come off too obtuse, so I'm gonna leave it yeah, alone. So, yeah, so yeah, but uh, Jason Whitlock <laughs> and uh, people of Detroit came together to raise money for him. So uh, congratulations on him, you know, being back in the United States and him enduring, uh, enduring that. So uh, I'm not gonna give thoughts and prayers. I need we need to find under construction. We gotta find something new. Fans, yeah. we gotta find something new. Thoughts and prayers ain't getting it done anymore. Right, right. So, uh, right, right. But yeah. So, uh, but thanks a lot for listening, guys. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. appreciate uh, it. Don't forget to check us out on <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube Instagram. channel. Yeah, Instagram, uh, on all your social media platforms. If you have not watched us on YouTube, then please go check us out on YouTube. Hit like, hit subscribe, and you will see us next week. Fans, we all love right. you. Appreciate it, y'all. Peace out. <laughs>